football fans and welcome to the long shot podcast i am your gorgeous host nick here's my other co-host david and paul david how are we feeling today nick i'm feeling good you really got a uh, face for radio it's great but I by, hear. The way, by the way everybody we uh we do our own sound effects we don't take them from anybody so copyright david i guess yeah paul until, well, yeah in, until i get a clip here soon of the sound effect paul go ahead yeah guys i'm here but i'm just have you ever had one of those friends that just wants to negotiate everything? And yes, I know what you two are thinking. This is the same friend that when Brock Osweiler was going out of the league after his third team and no one wanted to sign him, as a joke, you offered him an 11th round, Nick, and he tried to negotiate a sixth round. It's just unbelievable. If you want to give him something for free, you got to add on stuff. I just I don't get that out of people. Nick, yeah, and I specifically remember this trade. Jokingly, I said, "Hey, man, I think Brock Os- Osweiler has a future in the NFL." When he wasn't on the team, and this guy, he goes, "Oh, I can't give him up for less than a sixth round." What? Yeah, that that's good times. Good times. Um, this is where your research comes in, and that's why you listen to us, the Long Shots. Hey, Twitter, ha- Twitter handle FF Long Shots. Good plug, good plug there. So today we'll be talking about the NFC East, and we were texting earlier, guys, and not a lot of players we like here. Um, Four teams, Redskins, Giants, Eagles, and Cowboys, pretty much a two-division race. David, who should we start off with here? Who do you think? Well, I, I'm disappointed we didn't do any news and notes, but I just refreshed, and there are no news and notes. Um, honestly, Nick, I would I would love to um, start on that East Coast a little bit with um, that that guy with the big quads, um, Daniel Jones, of course. Danny Dimes, yeah, I would love just to go ahead and start with New York and get rolling with them. All right, I will start us off here. Okay, so you got Danny Dimes, also known as Daniel Jones, will come be coming into the second year. Um, for the Giants, and last year, not a bad year, honestly. I mean, not a lot of wins, but 3,027 yards, 24 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Paul, the thing that concerns me with Daniel Jones, he had 18 fumbles last year. 18, that is that is a lot of fumbles. And so my biggest concern is Daniel Jones taking care of the ball, and maybe that was him trying to make plays as a rookie uh, and try to h- hold on to the ball as long as he can to make plays, and I think Kyler Murray did that from time to time, took some sacks, but they did draft two offensive linemen, uh, offensive linemen in the first three rounds, and honestly, I think this guy could be a good quarterback down the road in the NFL, but he needs more weapons. I mean, Paul, do you disagree that Daniel Jones could be the future of the NFL? Yeah, look, 18 fumbles, I wanted to clarify, he only lost 15 of them. He did recover three of them. Good. Paul, thank you for clarifying him losing 15 out of 18 fumbles. David, can I get a number crunch real fast on that? Uh, yeah, what do, you, what do you need? You need a percentage? 15 divided by 18. I think it's 83%. He lost 83% of his fumbles. Paul, take Wait. it away. Yeah, so, so 15 lost fumbles, 12 interceptions. He had oh, lim- I got it. 83.3 repeating. Thank you. He had limited options in the passing game. He didn't have a single receiver play a full play of game last year. Evan Ingram wasn't there. Sterling Shepard wasn't there. Golden Pate missed games. Saquon missed games, Darius Slayton missed games. It was tough. He had a tough sledding around there, and he kind of got tossed in. And you know what he did? He tried to do way too much as a rookie, and he made a lot of mistakes. He held the ball too long. He got hit last year uh, 66 times, which tied for the league. league. He was the league leader. Do you know who he was tied with? Who else gets hit a lot? Uh, I have no idea. I was going to say Big Ben gets hit a lot. Big Big Ben didn't play last year. I know. I'm just saying. I don't know. I if I had to say anything, it would be. Hold on. Can, can we think? Here, hold on. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Eight, I guess. That's right. It's exactly right. Someone who wants to extend plays and takes a hit for it. Ryan Fitzpatrick makes a lot of mistakes. A lot of upside to him. I think Daniel Dimes is going to have a big step forward this year. Last three or five games, he had over 300 plus yards. He averaged 40 attempts a game on the season. I expect with this full cast back, 
in the addition of two offensive linemen, they may take a few games to get there to the to one of the worst offensive lines in the league. But I expect him to take a big step forward, to learn a lot from his mistakes last year, dump the ball a lot to Saquon Barkley, and make better decisions. Yeah. Now, yeah. Oh, David, sorry, go ahead. Well, I, I was just going to jump in. I said, I, I mean, this team went four and twelve last year. I believe that was their record. But we got to. We also have to remember they threw the talent on the season and on what week week three when they went ahead and said, "Hey, Eli Manning can't do it anymore. Here you go. Here you go, uh, Daniel Jones. Good luck." So that that's literally what happened, and we know that that, especially with rookie quarterbacks, it's hard for them to take that kind of. Um, Not frozen. Yeah. Yeah, so I only had one example. Thanks for clarifying that, Nick. Yep. <laughs> um, but here's my question to you guys about Daniel Jones. Can can he be associated, do you think, in the next five years as a top-end quarterback in the league? I mean, people thought that with Mitchell Trubisky because he went number two overall, but that just turned out like garbage, hot garbage. But can he be in the talks of Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes? Well, see, so – that, that is one of the things I was going to bring up. Uh, if you really look closely at their stats, him and Kyler Murray had a very similar season except the fumbles, and that's got to be fixed, and I do think it'll be fixed this year to an extent. But Kyler Murray had 12 interceptions last year. Daniel Dimes had – I'm sorry, Daniel Jones, I'm sorry. Um, he had 12 interceptions. I, he, I think he had 500 yards less than Kyler Murray. He is right there. And yet, Nick, I think we're going to see a promising future out of him. Good. Guys, hold on. Before we go, I just want to give one comparison to see who you would take. This year, this scenario, Daniel Jones, and right after him is going Baker Mayfield. Who would you rather have? Jones. I'm going to go Jones on that one. I'm with Nick. Yeah, I agree. I think Daniel Jones got a lot of upside. Hey, this is good, Paul. We have two different sources of average draft position, so we can compare. All right, let's move on to Saquon Barkley, guys. Not a lot to say about Saquon, honestly. He didn't play 13 games last year, got hurt, and had a tremendous recovery. Just absolutely tremendous. Uh, believe me. 1,003 rushing yards, 52 receptions for 438 yards, eight total touchdowns, consensus top three pick in a redraft league. Are you concerned about his longevity in the NFL, though, because of how much of his usage is? Are we talking about his career or for this upcoming fantasy season? What's this podcast about? Uh, it's upcoming fantasy season, but can you talk about his career a little bit on the backside? I'm going to let Paul go first because I got stuff about Saquon. Go ahead, Paul. I mean, his career, I think he's like any other running back. I mean, he's got, let's call it, three more years till he's 26 years old, and then... The wheels fall off, just like most of the running backs these days. You don't got a lot of tread on the tires. You make the best while you can, and then try to grind it out for the last three years of your career. Yeah, so I'm going to echo everything that Paul said on his career. But I got, for this next fantasy season, I got Saquon Barkley as RB1 overall. He is going to come back and go on a tear this year. I believe we're going to see improvement from Daniel Jones. Um, the receivers are going to have to catch a few a few footballs, I hopefully. Um, Evan Ingram will be back. It's going to open the gate for Saquon. As Paul mentioned, um, they got some offensive linemen. It might take a couple games. Saquon Barkley is going to be healthy this year, and he's going to be running back one. You need him on your team. And they also, they also got a new offensive coordinator, Jason Garrett. And it, mm. if, what? Just Jason Garrett. Go on. Sorry. Yeah, well. Okay, if they give Jason Garrett the reins, which I believe they will, we see how he uses Ezekiel Elliott, who we'll talk about later in this podcast, so stay tuned. Um, nice. They are going to run Saquon Barkley into the ground this year, exactly like Paul said. I think he's going to have a great season. The wheels will start coming off here in a year or two. But for this fantasy season, you need him on your team. So you're taking him 1-1, correct, if you're in that yes. one spot? Yep. Yeah, Paul, I'm taking Saquon Barkley. Are you taking Saquon 1-1 or are you taking CMC or someone else? Yeah, my rankings say differently, but... <laughs> Let's put an asterisk by your rankings. I think I am going with Saquon. I, I just think Daniel Jones is going to take care of the ball a lot more, which is going to extend drives, and that only means more touches for Saquon. 
I mean, in 13 games, he was a number 10 running back. Imagine what he does in 16 games, plus less turnovers. The Giants are going to move the ball more. I think a lot more touchdown opportunities come in Mr. Barkley's way. Okay. I mean, I mean, I don't agree. I, I mean, I do agree with him being the top end fantasy, but I'm taking CMC just because of the receptions. If you're in a PPR league, um, yeah. So let's move on to receivers, David. You kind of uh, hinted at the lack of receiving. And yep. we got Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Golden Tate. You know, Paul mentioned earlier how these guys missed a handful of games. All of them did. Uh, all around 600 yards, 550 receptions last year. I'm not really interested in any of them besides Darius Slayton. Uh, just because the last eight weeks of the season, he was wide receiver 18 um, and had a good end of the year. Does that mean he's going to have a good end, of the, a good you know, good career, or is that just a fluke? The last eight games, who knows? Right now, he's going in the ninth round, right before Marvin Jones, and right after Emmanuel Sanders. So, I don't know. I I I don't know what you guys think his value is. Is that a good value for him right there? Are those comparable wide receivers? Uh, I think they're very comparable. The thing I like about Slayton better is he had he had eight touchdowns last year, which isn't, like, extraordinary, but it was on a struggling offense. I think his touchdowns are going to go up. He is the only one I would take out of this receiving core. And honestly, I think the ninth round, I think he's worth a, um, I think he's worth a pickup, um, depending if Evan Ingram eats all of his touchdowns. But I don't mind Slayton. In anywhere before the ninth round, I would say pass. Absolutely not. Guys, Darius Slayton had a big four weeks, but we also saw Golden Tate on the bench there. We saw Sterling Shepard not play in a couple of those games. His last three games, shoot, his last four games, he played third fiddle to all these guys. I mean, he, his snap share was less than all of them. I just, I don't see an upside for any of these guys. I think they're all going to average around 80 to 100 targets. There's just... I don't know. When you're looking at the ADP for Golden Tate of 53, Darius Slayton 41, Sterling Shepard of 49, I'm not really sure which guy I prefer on this team. I might prefer a backup somewhere else. Well, yeah. Go ahead, Nick. Okay. Well, I Paul, I mean, you say you played third fiddle, correct? Those last three or four games. Yeah. But I'm looking at. I mean, I'm looking at fantasy pros right now, and. Um, the, from week 10 to week 17, he was wide receiver 18. So if I look at, let's see. Yeah, so, so so there's a four-game stretch. 10 receptions, two touchdowns, 121, four for 67, six for 44, five for 154, and two touchdowns. But the last three games of the season, two receptions, one touchdown, zero catches, four for 50 yards, no touchdowns. Six catches for 81 yards and one touchdown in the last three games of the season. Okay, so so the real question, if we had to take a receiver on this team, I mean, it it's down between Golden Tate and Darius Slayton. We're, we're not taking Sterling Shepard, and I'm, I'm confident that you guys agree with me on that. Do you take the PPR route with Golden Tate, or do you take the potential touchdown and big game route from Darius Slayton, if you had to? Would, who I, do you lean? I think there's a lot of receivers like Golden Tate – out there on the draft board who you can get you six receptions for 40 yards kind of thing. I think Darius Slayton has more of an upside this year. So I would take Darius Slayton there. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Darius Slayton's a little younger. Golden Tate doesn't make the big plays. He's going to be, be, a, be a PPR uh, maniac. He's got a good floor set in there, but the upside Darius Slayton, but I don't want you to forget about Sterling Shepard. He's not a nobody. I mean, every year he's had at least 57 receptions and 80 targets. He's not a nothing, but he's going to eat into this. He could be He could be the leading receiver on the team. I, I don't want people to forget that. No, yeah. exactly. Shepard could be. I, I, he reminds me of that, like, Randall Cobb kind of thing. I don't know if it's a good comparison. Like, like, kind of third fiddle maybe, but still can put up big numbers. It, it it doesn't matter in the end. Paul is absolutely right. They're each going to get 80 targets. They're going to be split right down the middle. So let's talk about a potential catching guy on this team that you might want. 
Yeah, so uh, that, that's Evan Ingram, David. That's yeah, correct. That, that would be Evan Ingram. And he, let's just go ahead and throw the concern out there. In 2017, he came out just like a rock star out of the draft, played 15 games, 115 targets, and then the last two seasons, 11 games and eight games. The, he was very overly productive in those games. He played eight games last season at 68 targets, 467 yards, and three touchdowns. He was tight end 18 overall with eight games. I mean, what what, what are you guys' thoughts on that? I mean, David, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, can he stay healthy? I mean, that's the biggest thing. But I think Paul will probably agree with me here. You were looking for a tight end who gets 7.5 targets a game at, at, at his ADP. And if he goes down, I think there's enough tight ends who, on you know, on the waiver wire, who you can get by with. So I definitely think he's worth a stash because he is such tremendous upside. I think I have him as a top five tight end this year, and I I definitely want Evan Ingram on my team if he's there for the right price. Dude, what, where's he going in the draft? I mean, because that that's really going to decide it on Evan Ingram because you're not going to take him before Kelsey Kittle. He's going the seventh round. No, so, so, so I've got him as the number six tight end on this list. Right before him is Darren Waller. Right after him is Hunter Henry. And I'm looking at those three just because I believe in the New York Giants offense and what they're going to do. I like the upside of Evan Ingram around those, those other two guys. Yeah, and Paul, just to piggyback off that, I do believe a lot of people are going to pass on him. Um, I, I don't even know if in our dynasty league if he's going to be kept this year. I don't even know whose team he's on because he hasn't been effective at all. I and picked that team. Okay, so yeah, let's not even get started on that team. Um, I I think a lot of people will pass on him, and he will fall further down in your drafts. Yeah, I just think his injury history is scary for some people. Um, so yeah. So so Nick, sixteen games. He stays healthy. Both these players stay healthy. Are you going oh, for Mike Kosecki? Mike Kosecki or Evan Ingram? Uh, that's a good question, David. Gusecki. <laughs> okay, so we got the over-under for the Giants at six and a half wins this year. David, what do you got for them? I like them this year. I really like the New York Giants. I don't know why, so I'm going over. I am going to go under. Yeah, I'm going over. I, I just think the division... Even though I like the offenses in some of the division, I really think they're, the Giants' offense is going to take a step forward and win a few more games that they shouldn't. So, over. Okay. It's, it's, it's all fair game there. Okay, so let's um, move on to the Washington Redskins. And, Paul, you're a big Dwayne Haskins truther, am I right? Is that what I'm hearing over there? Guys, I'm actually going to flip the script on Dwayne Haskins this year. <laughs> Although he had a ton of interceptions, and I called it last year. I said he was going to throw 30 in his fourth. <laughs> I like him moving forward this year. I think with Riverboat Ron coming in as a head coach, I think he's going to slow him down, and you're going to see a lot of progression from him. When I say progression, I'm going like from number 30 to number 20. I think he's got the ability to be number 20. doesn't have necessarily the weapons, but I think he's going to make a lot smarter decisions. Yeah, so just for reference, last year he played um, – oh, I need to scroll down a little bit. Seven games. He played nine games. We came in, started seven games, seven touchdowns, seven interceptions, 1,300 yards and 100 yards on the ground, averaging about 195 yards a game through the air. I just – I mean, he's in a tough situation as a rookie, and I'm not blaming him at all. It's just – it's tough when you don't have a good team around you to be this rookie that everyone wants you to be. And then your development does hurt, and people give up on you because of that. I mean, I think of Josh Rosen. People have given up on him after two years in the league. But my question is, do you think Alex Smith, if he is healthy and ready to go, do you think Alex Smith may step in at some point? Alex Smith, if you have not seen um, the ESPN plus uh, Project 11, Alex Smith needs to start one more game as a Redskin take a knee and walk off the field. That's, that, that's my stance on Alex Smith. So what's your stance on Dwayne Haskins then? Uh, my stance on Dwayne Haskins is the Redskins were last in scoring last year, 16 points per game. He's not rosterable. I do agree with Paul. He's going to take a couple steps forward, but 
stats going from 30 to mid 20s. I don't think you need him on your team. Okay. I don't think you need him on your team either, but. I agree. I don't think so. But do you think if the Redskins finish last in the league, which is a good possibility, you think they take Trevor Lawrence? Yes. You're right. I, I, I think any team, almost any team in the number one spot takes Trevor Lawrence. So, Unless you have a team like the Chiefs who just, you know, nothing. They'll probably trade out of that one pick. Yeah. Now, th- th- here is one little thing of faith for Dwayne Haskins is they had the opportunity to go out and get some pretty quality free agents to be his backup, and they went ahead and got Kyle Allen. So, Ooh. I – I mean, I, I don't understand, well, especially with Riverboat Ron there, like why Cam Newton isn't on this team. I, I don't understand. Maybe he doesn't fit the system, but them going to get Kyle Allen and then having Alex Smith be the third string tells me they're going to go ahead and roll with Dwayne this year. And I, I think that's what they should do because they, they spent the draft capital on him last year. So, I mean, absolutely given the whole, whole season. But – the, the situation that interests me the most is what's going to happen with Darius Geis this year. I I just want this man to have one healthy year, one full 16-game season. He's had injury at, after injury after injury, and he just can't seem to stay healthy. But the most surprising thing to me, Paul, I don't know what you're looking at for ADP on your end, but on my end, it's saying he is going – let me confirm this. He is going in the sixth round on my ADP. I don't know what's going on in yours, but that, I just, not a chance for me. Not a chance. Yeah, I, what I'm seeing is he's number 30th running back overall. Right before him is Tony Michelle. Right after him is Kareem Hunt and Jordan Howard. I just, I'll take all three of those before him. I agree. Well, Tony Michelle's questionable, but. <laughs> nice. <laughs> just, yeah. Just the injury. I mean, to tear. I think he's torn his ACL on both of his legs. I mean, can he, can you do that twice? Well, let let's clarify. Uh, he tore his ACL in one leg. That leg was healthy all season last year, but the the other one went ahead and uh, fell apart. It's a good point, yeah. Paul. Yeah, I. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll go ahead and talk about him. Everything that you read is going to say, Darius Geis, this is his year. Um, I don't think there's any debate on he is an explosive player and that he can get the job done. It's just a matter of if you're going to take that risk. I I mean, Adrian Peterson came in last year and I, I would say did very, very mediocre. I think he was actually fine to be on, to play last year on your team, but I don't know. Do you guys, do you guys have any faith in Adrian Peterson? I have a lot more faith in Adrian Peterson than I do Darius Geis. I think Adrian Peterson is a guy who I could draft late in a lot of redraft leagues and have him on my team for the long haul and plug him in when they're playing, you know, bad defensive teams because I think he can, you know, get two touchdowns in eighty yards. With that being said, I think also got to monitor Darius Geis' situation if he's healthy or not because if Geis isn't healthy, then Adrian Peterson is rosterable, 100%, and you can play him. With guys being healthy, I think the Redskins want to see what he's got, though. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, Paul, I'm going to just talk over you real quick. My prediction this season is that those first three games, they are going to let all three running backs get an opportunity. They went ahead and drafted Antonio Gibson. And I don't know a lot about Antonio Gibson, but apparently he can catch the ball. And they, he's also rostered as their backup wide receiver three. Um, they want to give this Antonio Gibson guy the ball. I don't know if it's going to be like a Tariq Cohen kind of deal. But I think all three of these guys are going to get an opportunity, and we're going to see who, I, as much as this isn't funny at all, we're going to see who the last man standing is on this on this team. I, I, don't, I don't know. Paul, anything to add? Yeah, Matt, just – if I'm going to take a risk on a Washington Redskins running back, it's going to it's going to be a deep roster league, and it's going to be on Antonio Gibson. I think everyone knows due to the injury history to Darius Geis and then the age of Adrian Peterson, they're going to look somewhere else, and he's going to get his shots, Antonio Gibson. So 
I, I'd look for the upside there. I still think it's going to be tough with that offense. They're not going to score a ton of points, but I think he's got some potential upside, I guess we'll say. All right, guys. So, scenario, you're in a dynasty league. You have Tyler Lockett, Ronald Jones, and Darius Geis. Who do you keep? Tyler Lockett. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't even answer that. has to be Lockett. It has to be Lockett. I don't know. I, I'll, I'll go out. I, I am a Geist believer. I, he's got so much talent, and I'm just hoping that Nick, like you said, we just want him to have one good, one healthy season, just to see what this guy can do. And that being said, I'll go ahead and read off the names of the receivers. Unless Paul, can you name all three receivers? Um, only if they're pay, pulled up on my computer. Okay, so we got uh, Terry McLaurin, Kelvin uh, Harmon, and Steven Sims. I Guys, we, we had – Nick could pretty much play last year's episode. We said you got to pass on all of them, and I don't know. I think I think we were wrong. We were definitely wrong about Terry McLaurin. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, that's just the bottom line, but no one else – we weren't wrong by anyone else on the team. And I like Scary Terry. I mean, Terry Rozier, of course. No. Scary Terry, Terry McLaurin. Uh, let's see. Look, I have stats right here. 58 receptions for 919 yards, seven touchdowns. He is going on my end at 512. And it seems early, but I could see him falling in the draft just because of the Redskins offense and how poor it is. Yeah, I I can see him falling, too. Well, he, he's got a big name, but the truth is he did most of his damage in the first five to seven games where he was kind of a no-name. Granted, everyone on the Redskins was a no-name, but he really I think he scored five of the seven touchdowns in the first five games. Um, I don't know. It's tough to see any of these receivers, I was trying to pull it up, get more than 80 targets. I just think they're all mediocre and... Dwayne Haskins is going to spread the ball to whoever's double covered. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. You, you got a good point. Paul, are you going to, are you predicting 30 interceptions again this year for Haskins? I don't know. I'd love to see him in the James Club. <laughs> James Club. That's good. That's gold. I mean, honestly, I think Scary Terry under Ron Rivera is an interesting choice. I mean, an interesting prospect for everybody. I, I'm not counting him out in any means. But I think at his current ADP on my end, I'm not. I'm no. not. And, to. and it and it goes it goes back to they don't score. The Redskins do not score the. They they don't get in the, in the end zone. Um, the kicker might be a good draft pick. No, Dustin Hopkins. Um, but the, if they're not getting in the end zone, sixteen points a game. I I'm not I'm not excited about that. And honestly, I I don't have it pulled up on Yahoo. I don't know what Antonio Gibson is going to be registered as if he's going to be a running back receiver or just running back. That's something to look for. I, he could be lining up in the slot the entire game, and then his value goes way up. Can you – do you think he'll be registered as a tight end like Jalen Samuels was? I would love that. No, there was some, there was some conspiracy <laughs> there. That's a big controversy. That was funny. Good thing it didn't affect me. This is just crazy to me, and I, I can't imagine he falls more than this, but Terry McLaurin on this Fantasy Pros website, his ECR, his, average, his expert consensus rating, is 20, 24th receiver. Right before him is Keenan Allen, and right after him is DJ Chark. That's tell just, me, ah, gosh, Keenan Allen all day, all day. Someone tell me you're taking Terry McLaurin. There's no way anyone's taking Terry McLaurin with those guys around. Here, hold on. Let me let me, let me look real quick where we all have. I have him at like 30, I believe. You have him at 31. I have him at 26. And Paul has him. Well, Paul has him at 19. Oh. <laughs> guys, these predictions are a working progress. Yeah. We don't correct very much until I have something to say, and I knew David would be talking about it. Anyways, let's move on to tight ends. Um, Jeremy Sprinkle. All right. So the over-under for the 
The Redskins. Is five <laughs> How many? Five? Five wins. I'm not even going to talk about it, Michael. Don't make me. No, don't. Over, under. Let's start with Paul. Five wins, Paul. Under. Redskins are awful. Yeah, I'm, I'm I would going. go push. They're going to push at five. But if I had to say anything, it would be under. Four, under. I, I got to go under. I do not see them scoring the ball more. Under. Okay, so thank you, Jeremy Sprinkle, for that short segment. Um, let's see. Let's move on to the Philadelphia Eagles and with Carson Wentz. So I've been on the bandwagon with Carson Wentz his first uh, few years in the league. I've had him three of his first four. Last year, he finished his QB 10, 4,000 yards passing, 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions, 243 rushing yards. Feeling like he hasn't had anyone healthy besides the Super Bowl year, like – I feel like everyone, every other year, he's been hurt or his team's been hurt. And um, Nick, Nick, I want to put a plug in for that real quick, and then I'm going to let you keep going. Um, Nick just said everyone's been hurt around him, and somehow this guy finished, I believe it was QB nine last year. I just want you to keep that in the back here. Ten, well, you know, whatever it is, nine or ten. Anyways, but David, that's a good point. Like Nelson Aguilar was his best receiver last year. That was his best receiver. And we all saw the meme of the guy out of the fi- out of a building, caught a baby out of a burning building, good save her, and then made fun of Nelson Aguilar. That was fun. Um, but I think Carson Wentz going to be a top five quarterback this year. I think I had my six or seven. But yeah, I I think I think he's a lot of upside this year. Do you think Jalen Hurts was any sign of anything? For the Philadelphia Eagles. I do think that if Carson Wentz doesn't make a playoff push, then it might be Hurts time. I, I mean, Nick, just just kind of echo what you were saying. I mean, he doesn't have any weapons around him, and they went out and got Jalen Rigor, I believe is how you say his name, and they drafted him twenty uh, first overall. So they didn't. I don't know if they don't have enough cap space on their team or what, but they are sticking to their story of Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffries are their guys. So that concerns me a little bit. But at the same time, he finished his QB9. I yeah. don't know how he did it. <laughs> I, I, I can't echo that enough. I mean, he's finished with over 20 touchdowns. To He's had seven interceptions every year, 300-plus games of five. Every almost every year, I mean, he's produced in a questionable offense. Um, I, I mean, the one benefit he does have is they've got one of the best offensive lines in the games. Jason oh, Kelsey. Yeah, we'll get top center in the game, but I, he's got a great protection line. His guys can stay healthy. He's definitely a top five quarterback, in my opinion. But if they can stay healthy. And the thing is, Paul, he right now on my end, I'm seeing that he is going as the 12th quarterback in the draft. And I am more than happy to take Carson Wentz as the 12th quarterback in the draft. I'd be okay taking him as the 8th quarterback, the 6th yeah. quarterback. And just with his ADP, 100% I'm down for Carson Wentz. I think this guy could be the steal of the draft. Yeah, so, so go ahead, so, Paul. You're good. So his ECR, expert consensus rating, number 9. And his ADP is number 11. So, so right around him, right in front of his Matt Ryan, right behind him is Drew Brees. Um, I will say, with Matt Ryan, it is the every other year thing, and this is his year to be on. So that's you got to keep that in mind. Yeah. I, I, I like the consistency of Carson Wentz. Uh, one thing, now this is a what-if statement just overall. Carson Wentz was two touchdowns away last year from being quarterback number five. I mean, it is such a tight gap between some of these quarterbacks. He is right there with them. And honestly, I, I don't like Carson Wentz a lot. I'm uh, I'm against Nick when Nick uh, is all about Wentz. But his consistency, Paul, like you said, I, I you can't argue with it. Okay, one last question about Carson Wentz. Do you have a feeling that this is a make or break year for him for the Eagles. Like, do you just get that? Or is that just me who thinks that? Because and the reason I'm asking is because the, the, the Jalen hurts pick. I mean, honestly, David, do you think this is a make or break year for Carson Wentz? 
it should not be, but for some odd reason, I I'm right there with that feeling for you, Nick. I I don't know what they're thinking. They didn't want to give him a supporting cast, but they want him to do better. I yeah, I'm I'm with you with the hurts. I don't know if they're trying to put pressure on him or because of I don't know. He was only injured what once, or has he been injured a couple times? He's sat out a game or two concussion, um, and then the with, ACC year. Yeah, which concussion you can't count. Um, I do think it's a make or break year. No, I don't think so. I think this Jalen Hurts is just something happens to him. Or you can utilize him in a different way. We've seen a lot of teams utilize running quarterbacks in different ways. Jalen Hurts is not the answer. Carson Wentz has a long leash. He deserves it. From I, I know Nick Foles actually won the Super Bowl. But <laughs> he's done a lot for this team. They've had a lot of winning seasons with him. I think he's their guy. Okay. I, yeah, I, I, and, and he should be their guy. I mean, he should be a franchise quarterback for the next 15 years for them. So with that being said, let's move on to Miles Sanders coming out second year. We talked about it in one of our earlier episodes. Just kind of refresh everyone's memory. 818 yards rushing, three touchdowns, 50 receptions for 500 yards and three touchdowns. He's going to be the featured back without Jordan Howard there. Passes a lot of eye test. He's got a lot of healthy weapons on his team. And he's going as a running back 11. I mean, I'm taking him before Kenyon Drake, who's going right around him. Um, I mean, I have nothing bad to say about Miles Sanders. Nothing bad. Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and hop in. Um, right with you, Nick. He finished running back 15 last year with a fairly crowded backfield. Um, I believe he is going to be the guy with Wentz, and I like what Paul brought to the table with that offensive line. Wentz is going to have time. Wentz is going to be looking downfield. If no one's open, it's going to be the dump off. And like we said for Christian McCaffrey, boom, dump off, touchdown. That's Carson Wentz stats. That's Miles Sanders stats. Hey, Paul, just this is just came to my head. Do you have any idea how long Carson Wentz held onto the ball last year? Like as far as passing, or do you? No, I do not. That'd be interesting to look at. I might look it up while you guys are talking about Miles Sanders a little more. Yeah. So. I like Miles Sanders as far as the yardage guy, um, even though he only had one game over 100 yards. But what really concerns me is he didn't get many touches in the red zone. I mean, he only had three touchdowns last year on the ground, and he had three in the air. But that's concerning to me. Is he big enough to be that guy on the goal line or is someone going to snake the touchdowns? Because you, you got Boston Scott in the backfield who's going to eat into some of his receptions. But – if Miles Sanders is not scoring the touchdowns, I don't know that I can roster. Well, I, you got to think about Jordan Howard, who was there last year. Okay. How many touchdowns did Jordan Howard score? Let me look. I can't find the other one, but I can find this one for sure. Yeah, so, so yeah, Paul, my big argument is obviously Jordan Howard was going to be getting the ball, but you make a point. Did Jordan Howard get – did he have any – that's enough that would make me say Sanders is going to get those touchdowns this year. I don't. There's yeah. no way Boston Scott's going to be the guy in there in the red zone. No, it, 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 and you're right. I, I'm looking at that, that six touchdowns for Jordan Howard. If Miles Sanders gets those six, puts him at nine, that's not bad. I'm okay because Boston Scott at 5'6", 203 is not going to be the guy. <laughs> through the red zone. Yeah. Unless Miles they Sanders. be on the center. Mm-hmm. I, Miles Sanders, good own. You just got to give him the right price. And if you're, I feel like sometimes I feel like it's 50 50 with Miles Sanders. Like some people love him, some people don't like him. So. Do you guys, do you two feel like he's a safe pick to have as your RB1 on your team? I still do. Yeah, I do. But I, I'm going to give you the comparisons right around him. Nick had it right. Kenyon Drake in front of him. And Austin Eckler right behind him. Who do you want? I'm picking I, Sanders. I would go Sanders, Eckler, Drake. Uh, same as Nick. Even though Kenyon Drake is going to have an amazing year. We'll get to that in the NFC West one. He's the Cardinal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Miles Sanders, go get him. We don't need to talk about Boston Scott. Let's move on to the receivers. Okay, so you got Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, and Jalen Rigor. Uh, 
So Alshon is actually going later in the draft than Deshaun Jackson. I mean, Alshon's been hurt the last couple of years, big target, touchdown kind of guy. Deshaun Jackson, deep ball. They drafted Jalen Regard, number 21 overall, which was, I thought, a significant reach for him. He was number wide receiver 10 on the board. Makes me think there's something there that I don't know, which is probably right because I'm not in the business. Who are you going to be taking out of these three if you had to choose one of these, Paul? Guys, before we talk about any of this, we got to talk that Alshon Jeff- Jeffries is probably going to start on the pup list. I mean, he's his foot is bothering him again, and there's no timetable for his return. I bet he starts on the pup list, and we're six games in before we even see Alshon Jeffries, which is just scary. I mean, that's just his whole story of his career is he can't stay on the field, and I don't like that. I don't want a part of it. Deshaun Jackson hasn't stayed on the field. Um, Jalen Rigor or J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, maybe. I don't know. I just think there's a lot of receivers for a lot of targets to go around. It's tough to really roster any of these guys, but when you guys are talking, I want to look up what the ADP is of all these guys and really get a good match. So on my end, Paul, it says Alshon in the 14th round, Deshaun Jackson in the 11th round, Jalen Rigor in the 11th round as well. In the end, well, you know what? No, I'm going to bite my tongue. I was going to say, in the end, Wentz has to throw it to somebody. Um, we, we know who that's going to be, so I'll put a little sure. pin in that. Um, none of these receivers are going to be a top 30 receiver. I am overly confident in that. If I would I would, I would bet on that. I say Jalen Rigore is. Rigore. Hold on. Let, let, let me pull up your rankings. I want to see if he's in your top 50. Hope I changed that today. Oh, you did forty-one. <laughs> nice. I didn't even think he was on there. So, yeah, it's no. in- so it's interesting. You got on the on the expert consensus rating. You got Rigor at fifty-five, Alshon Jeffrey at fifty-seven, and Deshaun Jackson at fifty-eight. They're all right there, which means they're all going to get eighty targets and not have a huge upside. So maybe you know wide receiver three or wide receiver four that you plug in in every now and then. You might see some upside, but if that's the scenario, I'm taking Jalen Rigor just as a young guy and a rookie that we don't know what's going to happen. Wow, thank, thank you, Paul. Yeah. Um, okay, let's just move on to the tight ends real fast. I think these are actually important tight ends to talk about, and we hopefully do it uh, quickly. Uh, Zach Ertz, 916 yards receiving, 88 receptions on 135 targets, six touchdowns. He's... Carson Wentz clear number one. He's currently going to, in the fifth round. Once again, Paul and I have some different ADPs going on here, but it's good to get both angles. And then you got Dallas Goddard, 58 receptions, 607 yards, five touchdowns on 87 targets. David, you mentioned earlier that Carson Wentz was two touchdowns away from being QB5, and I specifically remember, and it's in my notes, Dallas Goddard dropped two touchdowns in the end zone this year. So... F that guy, huh? <laughs> but, I mean, Zach Ertz, you, you can't go wrong with him. You, you, you're going to see the targets. You're going to see the receptions. It's the touchdowns that could be questionable. Yeah, so I, th- these are the notes I have on the tight ends. I don't have um, a ton of stats with them. If you're looking, if you want to pay for Zach Ertz, go get Zach Ertz. He's probably going to be safe as long as he stays on the field and Wentz stays on the field. If you want a value pick at tight end who has a ton of upside, Dallas Goddard's going to be your guy. I, If I'm looking at our rankings, we have Dallas Goddard as 13, and then it looks like, well, Paul knocks our average down on Ertz. Um, looks like we got Ertz at, looks like average eight. So we have them right there next to each other. It's a matter of do you want to pay for the name Zach Ertz? Anything to add, Paul? Yeah, I don't want to pay for Zach Ertz. I've got him as ranked 13. I just think Dallas Goddard has continued to progress in this offense, and they're utilizing him more and more on the field. I mean, last year he went from 50 targets the year before to about 80. So I think he's going to continue to eat into Zach Ertz's production as Zach Ertz gets older. And 
the touchdowns are going to split between them. So I've got Zach Ertz down on my list, but yeah, I, 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 I actually got Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard back to back at twelve and thirteen, right behind Will Disley. Nice. Will Disley, who knows with him? We'll talk about him later. But guys, I mean, I'm not gonna say I told you, but I'm happy you're kind of seeing what I saw two years ago. I mean, I I was on the Dallas Goddard trade two years ago. Last year, I said the Eagles will cut Zach Ertz after this year and not sign the contract extension with him, and Dallas Goddard will be their guy. That's my. I'm still sticking behind it. Said it last year. And kind of with Travis Kelsey, if you're in a dynasty league, this could be the peak year of Zach Ertz. This could be your last year to sell him. Could yeah, be. yeah uh, Just, both these both these guys are safe. It's a matter of where your draft position is and if you want to spend it on a tight end or not. Goddard will be okay. Draft him later in your drafts. Zach Ertz is too big a name, and they're not going to cut him after this year. They've got Zach Ertz signed through 2022. Yeah, so... Oh, so ju- I didn't know that. Yeah, so just like we do for all the other teams, uh, the Eagles have a phenomenal center, uh, Jason Kelsey, uh, let me pull up his stats here. Apparently, there's can't not say a, enough. About can't say enough about him. Uh, he had two tackles last year. Uh, he did have a fumble, um, but he's looking to improve on that. How many, <laughs> how many pancakes did he have? I, I don't. I don't have that. I don't have that. Um, yeah, Jason Kelsey. If you are rostering linemen, he's the best one to have know. at center. All right, Carson Wentz and the Eagles, nine and a half wins. That's tough. I'll go. Uh, I'm taking under on that one. <coughs> over. I'm going over. And really? Then moving really? On, moving on to the Dallas Cowboys. This is the division talk- that always produces a winner at eight and eight. Yes, eight I, I understand the Eagles were nine and seven last year. Okay, Dallas, Dallas and Dak Prescott surprisingly finishes at QB2 last year. Uh, 4,902 4, yards, 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, 277 rushing yards, three touchdowns. I don't know why. I mean, I don't know why. I'm just not a believer that Dak can do that again. I, I, I don't know why. He's had good numbers his, you know, his first two or three years. There's not much explaining for me because I, I don't know why, but I don't want to take him as another QB2, QB3 kind of guy. I, Nick, the only number that matters to Dak right now is $31.4 million, I think is what I'm reading. Um, yeah, Q, QB2. I Nick, I'm right there with you. Um, it's probably because Michael loves him so much. Um, I am just not a Dak fan. But when you look at his numbers, he's there. And let me just read one number for you. Uh, 100% on the snap share. I mean, that's what you want. Oh, man. <laughs> That's what you want in your quarterback. Um, they're number five in protection rate. I I don't know. Here's the deal. He's protected by his offensive line. He doesn't get hit a lot. He's got uh, Zeke Elliott in the backfield. I, he's going to finish in the top ten. He's always going to finish in the top ten with um, with that line and Zeke in the backfield. I I, I, I don't know. I, I just don't like him on my team unfortunately, but his numbers say otherwise. His numbers say go get him. Yeah, I I just, I don't even know what to say. I mean, my question I wrote down here is, does Dak really deserve to be the top-paid quarterback? Or is he just a benefit of the system surrounded by talent in a weak division? I mean, could you plug and play any other quarterback in that system and they'd be successful? I think so. But... The bottom line, if we're talking about fantasy, is Dak's going to produce. As long as he's the quarterback in Dallas, he's going to produce. He's been a top 11 fantasy quarterback in all four seasons. Number six, number 11, number 10, number two. I mean, 2019 was his most touchdowns at 30, and he had the highest pass attempts by 80-plus. And you know what? Bringing on Mike McCarthy as the head coach? Yeah, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. You don't think he's going to utilize a pass game? Mike McCarthy? Look, hold on. I've got this stat for you. I'm ready. I gotta find it. In oh, the thir- okay. In the th- I got the stat for you. Wait, let me find it. In the 13 years as a Green Bay head coach, he averaged number eight points, and those were all primarily derived from a top five passing offense. Yeah. And, so, yeah. That, what do that, you 
what do you expect out of, out of Dak Prescott? Dak Prescott. He's still got one of the league-leading offensive lines. They did lose Travis Frederick to retirement. They've still got a solid line with Tyron Smith and Leo Collins. I mean, okay. he, here, here's our problem on this podcast is we we haven't this year, but just talking with you guys and knowing kind of your thoughts, we'll talk about Sean Watson at some point. We rave about, we just raved about Carson Wentz is amazing. We love Patrick Mahomes. We love Kyler Murray, go Cards. Uh, we love Josh Allen. Deshaun Watson, I'm going to put an asterisk by. Uh, we love Russell Wilson. We love Jameis as a quarterback. We love Lamar Jackson. But we skip over Dak Prescott. I, I, I don't know why. It, all those guys we love. But when, I feel like last year, too, we said there's no way Dak can do it. <laughs> I just, yeah. I, it, it, it's a question like you just posed, David. Those three quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson or Dak Prescott. I mean, between those three, I Dak would be ranked last for me because hands I, I, down. I, I don't know why, but that's just what it is. Okay, but what is throwing it off a little bit as I did my research a little bit is Dallas scored twenty-seven points per game, which ranked them sixth in the league. I had Tampa, I had twenty-seven point one. Okay, I did have that. I rounded. I rounded to be efficient on the podcast, but apparently that's not a thing. But. Ten of the games were against the bottom 15 defenses in the league. And in those ten games, they scored 32.875 points per game. And, Paul, are they going to play those same teams again this year? I think those teams will get better. But in the six, in the six games against top 15 rated defenses, they only scored 17.738. It's unbelievable. I mean – I mean, who cares, though? They play Washington twice, they play the Giants twice, and they play the Eagles twice. I, this division is so weak that they have the opportunity to score. Because, Paul, I saw that, too. When they played some of these um, top teams, they struggled moving the ball. But in reality, I don't, I don't have their schedule pulled up, nor do we really know a ton about a lot of these teams because we haven't seen any at training. They are gonna play a week schedule again. I, I, I don't know. So we can all agree we all dislike Dak, but his numbers say you better go get Dak. Like, yeah, is that absolutely. fair? Yeah, that's fair to say. I mean, if he's definitely if he's there at a good price for me in the sixth or seventh round, and I don't have a quarterback, I, I'm comfortable with Dak there. But anything for anything sooner than that, I'm not. I'm not. Okay, so who has the better year this year out of... Russell Wilson. Nope, nope. We're, we're going straight fantasy points. Let's go Josh Allen and Dak Prescott. Dak. There's no doubt in my mind. The, okay. the Cowboys okay. just score points. Dak, about, yeah. With, with the schedule that they have in the division, I think the true comparison, which on this website, Russell Wilson or Dak Prescott. And... To be honest, I'm still taking Dak. With Mike McCarthy there, I think that offense and the weapons in the wide receiving core, which we'll talk about later, I think Dak's going to continue to be a success. It just feels weird because he's right behind Patrick Mahomes. Doesn't make sense. All right. Uh, let's talk about the running back. Yeah, so Zeke Elliott, man. I mean, this, see, uh, Zeke also helps Dak Prescott. I mean, he got paid last year. 1,300 yards rushing, 12 touchdowns, 54 receptions, 420 yards, three touchdowns. Three of the last four years, he's had 300-plus carries. You, you can't go wrong with him. But, Paul, you mentioned Mike McCarthy change. Does that drop Zeke down on your list at all? Yeah, it does. So you guys each have him ranked at number two. I've actually got him ranked as number seven, and that's purely a Mike McCarthy. In Green Bay, Mark McCarthy averaged number 20 in the rushing attempts in the league. He really relied on the passing game. Now, the one caveat to that is the running backs he had was Eddie Lacy. Cheeseburger Lacy. Ty Montgomery, Ryan Grant, James Starks. He had nothing even close to Zeke. So it'll be interesting to see how they utilize him. But again, I'm talking about running backs getting up on age. Um, maybe they work in Tony Pollard a little more. But there's one thing you can't dispute is when they get to the red zone, they've historically relied on Zeke. 68 touches in the red zone last year. Ranked him number one in the league. 
55 the year before. He has gotten a lot of touchdowns. I do see that climbing back a little bit. Still top 10 running back, but uh, yeah. No. yeah, so so Paul, I actually have some of the similar notes is, you know, Zeke has been a thousand yard rusher every season, except the one year he was, I think, a hundred yards short and he only played 10 games. But I think we're going to see a potential power struggle. I know we never see Jerry Jones in the news. Um, never. But I, if I'm a Dallas fan, they better be giving that ball to Zeke Elliott. But at the same time, McCarthy is a passer. I, we're going to see how they utilize Zeke. I think he is so safe. I think he is so safe as a fantasy quarterback. Um, I'm running back. I'm sorry. Do not play him at quarterback. That would be, that'd be, that'd be ballsy. Um, but he's safe. And my question goes to you, Paul, do you, if you're in a dynasty league, do you trade him? He's 20, he's 24 years old, but he is a very overly used 24 years old. I, yeah, I, I mean, ECR, he's third overall, and looking behind him, I don't know who I trade him for. I mean, maybe you trade him for go down the road, a Dalvin Cook or a Joe Mixon or a Nick Chubb or a Josh Jacob, maybe. But you're gonna miss out on a lot of production over the next two years, um, with question marks on the other guys. I think this year you can write him out and trade him next year. That's my opinion. And I. I know we mentioned Tony Pollard, but Tony Pollard was just efficient last year as well. When he was in there, he looked good. So maybe they – I don't know. Well, Nick, 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 we don't know. We had the conversation last year that could you gain two yards if you were the running back behind the Dallas Cowboys offensive line? It I might have been care. five yards. <laughs> the question is – I mean, the answer is maybe. Like – Potentially, uh, Tony Pollard can run behind him if you can run behind blockers. Zeke, I I did not like Zeke at all when he came to this league. I, I love, yeah, free him. I I love Zeke. My only caveat with Zeke is if the Cowboys do not let him train in Cabo this year. Let him let him train in Cabo. It's worked for the last couple years. Don't bring him to Dallas Cowboy training camp. No one cares. And I'm gonna have it. But let him go to Cabo. Let him do his thing. He's going to get over 1,000 yards again. He's safe. All right. Let's move on to wide receivers. Um, so we got Amari Cooper. I don't want to talk about him. Uh, Michael Gallup, who I'm very interested in. And then rookie C.D. Lamb. Does someone want to take a stab on who you want out of these three? David? Well, here. Can I, my note right now, I have Amari Cooper. I don't know what the Cowboys see in him. He's a good receiver, but not great. Don't know why they... Don't know why they paid him that much money. He's number six in drops. He's too inconsistent for my liking. He did have one rush last year for six yards. Okay, David. David, you said he's number six in drops. Do you know who's number one in drops? Michael Gallup. Michael oh, Gallup. No. I didn't know that. He was number one in drops in the league with 11 last year. I mean, it's insane. Well, now, a Dak probably overthrew him. No, drops. That means <laughs> and he dropped it. I mean, I didn't know that, Paul. Thank you. So go ahead, continue. I, I would have thought it was Amari Cooper, too. I, that would have been my guess, but apparently it was Michael Gallup. But I'm with you. Somehow Amari Cooper always ends up with reasonable statistics, but it's only in a few games. He disappears for a lot of games, and I'm just not sure what happens. He just doesn't warm up right. He doesn't train right. He doesn't travel well. He probably, eat, he probably eats dairy. The body processes dairy differently, and it takes longer. Um, I've never wanted the Mario Cooper on my team. I've never – I think he's good. I never wanted him, and I got a trade offer for Mario Cooper this year and I, for, like, Julio Jones. I'm like, no. Julio. Oh, thank you. Okay, so – so, so, so but let, let, let's get to it. Is – can you have Amari Cooper as a wide receiver one on your team? You absolutely can if you want consistency. If you want consistency, you like him? Inconsistency. Inconsistency. Okay, I'm sorry. I heard you wrong. Paul, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I don't want him. I mean, right now, ECR is 13 ADP. He's the 12th receiver. 
No thanks. I'd rather look at Michael Gallup at number 32. Okay, I'm going to address the elephant in the room. Paul, did you just find ECR this week, like earlier today? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard that in two years. <laughs> but let's talk about Michael Gallup. I mean, 113 targets last year, 63 receptions, 1,107 yards, six touchdowns. I think the addition of C.D. Lamb is actually really good for Michael Gallup. Uh, I think it actually increases his value. So, um, I, I don't mind Michael Gallup. He somehow finished number 22 last year. He had six less targets than Amari Cooper. I think he's more consistent. Um, unfortunately he only had three touchdowns last year in the first 15 games. Oh, okay. In the, in the first 15 games. And I believe his final game, he had three. Does anyone have that up? I did not. Okay, here. I, I'll, I'll pull that up real quick. But t- touchdowns are, are a big concern, and I do not see those going up for Michael Gallup at all unless it's one of those 50-yard touchdowns or um, – yeah. So his final game of the season versus the Redskins, um, <laughs> he, he had three touchdowns. So he had six total, but he only had three through the first 15 games. Yeah, so – Michael Gallup, 11 drops again. I, I, I just don't understand that. But he was more consistent than Amari Cooper. He showed up only two games where he was under five targets. He had six games of over 98 yards. Touchdowns were a little inflated with three in that last game. But he's used to this type of volume. At Colorado State, he had 168 targets in his last game. I do believe C.D. Lamb is only going to help him take attention because, truth be told, there's 166 vacated targets last year with Randall Cobb leaving and Jason Witten. So there's a lot of targets that can be shared among all of these guys. And I look for Michael Gallup to really step forward and take this. I do believe he's the guy in Dallas that I want to own. Yeah. So let's talk about C.D. Lamb. I really like C.D. Lamb coming out of college. I mean, but with this lineup, they have Cooper and Gallup. He might be looking at the slot more, which is not what he played at Oklahoma, I think he could be a monster. If Michael Gallup or Mario Cooper go down an injury, C.D. Lamb, C.D. Lamb is a must-own on your team. Absolutely must-own. And I've been one of them on my team now. That's wide receiver three, just for potential. I, he's tough. Yeah, um, yeah. C.D. Lamb, um, according to uh, just one thing I'm reading, it would push Cooper to the slot a little but, more. So they, oh, I thought they put CD in the slot. Whatever. They, they, they might mix it up, but Nick, I'm just going to echo you. I love CD Lamb for the Cowboys. They were pumped to get him. They did not think he would fall that late, neither did I. But um, I don't know if he's a this year guy. I don't know if he's a standard fantasy one year guy. Dynasty League, go get him. He's gonna be. He's gonna be fine. Yeah, he's a stash. He's definitely a stash on the team. I don't see year one. I think in year two or three, I think Amari Cooper will kind of fade away, and I think he'll really step up. But don't expect too much production from him in year one. I think he's really going to get used to the league. Snap unless the unless there's an injury, right? And then you oh, want him? Yeah, but, but that's in any scenario. There's a lot yeah. of guys I've seen that there's injuries, but I'm not yeah. going to do that. Also, let's address the elephant in the room. Is this the best receiving core in NFL? No, no. Uh, first off, right. I like Tam- I like I like Tampa Bay's. Uh, oh yeah. If you're talking about even wide receivers, I like Tampa Bay's better. But I I'm a big fan of Arizona. I mean, bias, but Arizona also I think has a wonderful receiving core with um, DeAndre Hopkins, probably Christian Kirk, and then Larry Fitzgerald. So I, th- th- this is a very good core, but the fact that their top two guys are top six and drops is a problem for me. If you're going to compare the top three wide receivers, pure wide receivers on every single team and where they're going to finish with fantasy points, I would actually say yes. I think these three receivers will have the most fantasy points out of starting receivers on any other team. I mean, it, it's either Arizona, Dallas, or Tampa Bay. 
I mean, that's just if I had to go off the top of my head, those would be the those would be the three. And out of those three teams, I'm thinking Dallas probably has the most points per game. Yeah. I, yeah. So so I'll go ahead and round out the tight ends here. They got Blake Jarwin. Let me just read my notes here. They gave Blake Jarwin a three year deal. They like him, but he's no Mike Gusecki. That's right. 31 receptions last year, 365 yards, three touchdowns. Probably will be getting more targets now Jason Witten's gone, but not a guy I'm looking to spend a lot of capital on on my draft. All right, over under. It is 10 and a half, I believe. No, I'm sorry, just 10. Just 10. All right, I'll start again. Uh, I'm going to go the over, and I'm going to stick with it. Just pretty sure I did it last year, too. It's an embarrassment if Dallas does not win this division. I'm also going to go over. I like the under at nine wins. I think the Eagles are going to win this division. Um, How many wins with the Eagles? Eleven. Okay. Yeah. Eagles 11, Dallas 9, Washington 2. Dallas makes the playoffs and wins Super Bowl. I'm going to call it a little early. It's Dallas Cowboys, Super Bowl champs. Why would you waste your breath with that? <laughs> they have good odds. They have we, good odds. Okay. We, we just lost viewers because of that. Unbelievable. I don't think we did. If you look at the odds, I saw earlier that they are 30 to 1. So, I mean, think about that. Like, they pay out. But, watch out, fans. That'll do it for tonight. And thank you for listening. Have a good one. <laughs>